So this is my ego talking. Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 15, year one. Today, we have a special guest that's going to be with us through all segments of the show. We're going to talk about my poker after dark the last few days, and we're going to talk about our special guest, what he did during the World Series. We're going to talk about how I'm doing now, and we're going to talk about what's going on in future for me and the great one himself here on The Mouthpiece. Welcome to episode 15, part one of the mouthpiece. Um, We're going to talk about my poker after dark that I played the last two days. And we are going to have a special guest talk about what he felt I did right and what I did wrong. And that is my good friend, Mr. Phil Homieth Jr. Welcome to the show, Phil. Welcome to the the mouthpiece, man. That's me and Danny. We said let's uh, let's call Phil and see if he watched the stream today and what he thought of my game today. Did you watch the stream? I did not watch the stream, but but uh, Cantu said you were uh, you were really good today, as far as like yeah yeah personality goes. Yeah, I was. And and I heard a rumor that you put the live sixteen hundred on. You like that? Woo-hoo. I yeah. told Cantu, I said, I love that Mike did that because, and you were, you were really funny, he said, too. He said, I just put up like one tenth of my bankroll on the <laughs> I did. It was funny. <laughs> and you know what the funny part was? Is after that hand, uh, uh, I get rewarded by, uh, like, I'm, it's, it's the only hand I completely misread all day, and I ended up getting 7,300 in. On the ten seven deuce of hearts with ten jack off and no heart, and the guy had kings, and we were. I said, "Well, I can't win it twice, so run it once." And bink, jack on the river, and so that. Got, <laughs> now this is you have to understand. Um, we had played eleven hands, one and a half orbits, and I was eighteen k loser. How do I get eighteen k loser in one and a half orbits? Well, let's see. I flop an open-ender against Cantu, turn a flush, draw a river of flush. He has jacks full, right? And I had a bad feeling the way the hand went because Cantu was, I could see he was really trying to play solid at least the first 10 minutes. He had a full house? Yeah, he's pocket jacks he had. And the thing was is I felt... <laughs> and you made your flush. Right. <laughs> and here, right? listen to how unlucky this is, okay? So it comes... Six nine jack and I had seven eight of diamonds, and he bets I call. Now it comes a king on the turn, and I'm just going to fold because if a ten comes, is you know a nine ten, a queen makes a straight, and he could easily have a queen, you know. But then I look back and and I noticed that the turn card was a king of diamonds, <laughs> so he gave me a flush draw, <laughs> and it was, it was he made it six hundred, and I just know he's got a big hand because he bet two hundred on the flop and then six hundred and one can two, it can two as a fucking, you know he likes to bet real big when he's you know I'll, well you know he'll mix it up, but with me he knows I'm not going to call a big bet, so I felt he was super strong, 
right? So now the poor comes a nine of diamonds on the end. And uh, and then I check, and he looks like he's going to bet 1600 And all of a sudden, he changes his mind and moved all in. And I said to myself, this motherfucker has Jack's full, right? <laughs> and I said... And now I'm, an easy fault then. So, so, but, but it's can't too, man. You can't, you just can't call. Fuck, you can't fold for four k more to can to because I mean I knew he had a big hand, but oh, you can, only had four k more. Well, he only bought in for five, so yeah, it was like thirty eight hundred, and. But I literally tank for. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Then I, mean, right. I don't blame you. I, I thought. Yeah, I thought he bet like ten thousand. No, 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 thirty eight hundred all in, or thirty nine hundred all in. I'm not sure. And I tank. you got a call. Yeah, but I was in the tank. Like everybody, I go. I told everybody, I go. If it was yesterday, I, I had a snap call because he was like zipping him like huge chunks. But bro, I, you but you understand if Cantu has ace nine, he's moving in there. But I if told he has queen ten. He's moving in there. He's moving in with all those hands. Right, but he raised to two hundred pre, and now he bets two hundred on the flop, and then six hundred on the turn, and he just looked like he was stringing me on. And he's and, he's sick, bro. You're you're repeating yourself. Yeah. So, Mikey, the hand Cantus told me his hand of the day is when you put the sixteen hundred straddle on. Right. It was now. Great. First of all, were you buried at that time? Um, I was, yeah, I was, I was buried, but I had won like four grand back. I was stuck about 13, uh, but that's not why okay, I did it. Was it was a respect. You putting a 1600 is very respectable. I, I just said, props for that. somebody it went one, two, four, and Cantu says, put the live eight. And I said, okay, if you put the live eight, I'll put the 16. So the guy put the live eight on. So I put the sixteen. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, the guy. Oh, okay, the okay. Fuck? So let, so Cantu tells me this. He says then he makes it four thousand to go from the four hundred straddle. Mm-hmm. He makes it four thousand to go, and Barry calls. Right. Everybody else folds. Right. So up comes Deuce Deuce Seven. Now, mm-hmm. Cantu tells me he's eighty five hundred in front of him. He just got to move on. Well, you and I, you and I, one hundred percent know. Mm-hmm. That Barry is moving in before the flop with any pair. I mean, he's just so aggressive. Yeah, Cantu's just got to move in. We're talking about Barry Woods, who who's putting in just huge amounts of money in with any time he had a really strong hand. Right. And so, if he has ace jack, he's all in. If he has ace queen, he's all in. Right. It comes deuce deuce seven. Cantu said, and he said, now he somehow checked. Yeah, I couldn't now, believe it. Not the last eighty five hundred. He has. But he to. also said that he checked. He checked to let Barry bluff the money off. Right. Now an eight comes, and right. according to Cantu, That's I guess he checked first. Right. And then the guy moves in for, you know, Cantu's last 8,500. What did Cantu have? And Cantu's like, Cantu has ace nine. Ace nine. I, I mean, that's why it's such an flop. easy move in. So he studied for five minutes. Remember, he called off 10,000 yesterday when you guys were filming with ace king high against the same guy right. and the guy accidentally hit a pair of threes yeah. on the river and was bluffing his money he thought he was bluffing but he actually had cantu beat so now cantu said all the tells were there and he just didn't trust his instincts yeah he should have moved in on the sick. flop i really think the guy hit an eight on the turn be honest with you just but the guy had three four offsuit he had the nut low oh that's right he showed three four that's right i remember three four diamonds <laughs> 
How does Cantu you not? I saw. That's right. That was a different hand. How the fuck? I couldn't believe when Cantu raised and then fucking folded. How does he not move in the flop? I've never. It's like the it's, easy. He, even he I moved. Completely in. fucked it up. Yeah, I couldn't he believe he it. Completely screwed this hand up. I was shocked. And I mean, it's it's one thing if he has like jacks or queens. Uh, to let Barry just bluff his money off, and that right. would have been a brilliant two checks. Right. You know, because you figure the guy doesn't How much have better time. a flop can you get than deuce, deuce, seven? I mean, you, you have the nuts like 99 out of 100 times, and there's so much money out there. I mean, the guy occasionally might have seven, eight suited or something, right? But if I he mean, does, he does. If you know a guy, if you know you have a guy beat before the flop, right, and he mm. knew it, Right. And it comes deuce to seven. That's a pretty good flop. It's as good a flop you can get without flopping a pair. The best flop. So anyway, Cantu told me he was sick, and he ended up getting buried in the game. And this after losing 35000 yesterday. Right. He said he was just very frustrated, but he said you handled yourself really well in the game. Yeah. And were entertaining. Okay. Well, because you're great television, Mike, but but uh, but if you if you – if you wander on too much, you're going to lose people. But I, I think, I think anyway, that's great. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I feel if Cantu just makes the freaking. So did you storm back and get even or winner? Uh, winner, of course, I got winner. Cantu, you know, he play. He came in playing solid and tight. I, I knew he would because he bought in short. I knew he didn't have that much to lose today, and I thought that he was going to play super solid. And so that's another reason why I knew when he moved in on me, he was there was I, I had a bad feeling in my stomach. So now he wins that from me to double of five. Two but you do agree he'd move in with ace nine there, right? I, or I, I move in with any king eye, be honest with you. I mean, it was so obvious the guy had dog shit. No, no, no. You and I were talking about the hand where where he had a, where you were just talking about how seven eight suited you almost folded. Yeah, I went in you the tank. You, you said you were thinking about folding, and I said, but you do agree he'd move in with a nine there. Yes, but nine. I knew he was super strong on the flop and the turn. I know, but if he has three nines, you have a flush. Yes, but if he has queen ten, but you the have thing a is, a pair of nines is not super strong. You see what I'm saying? So he three nines he doesn't have. He's not betting the nine on the turn. When I told you he was strong, he's not raising queen ten out of position. Uh, so I, I felt he had a big hand. And uh, any other time versus Cantu, I snap call. But for uh, Mike. Well, he could have King Jack there. I mean, he could have King well, Jack. Well, he could have aces or kings. Have a nine. If he thinks I have a Jack, ace, he knows I don't have a nine. I mean, he's going to move him. He's not thinking backdoor flush. So he, I could have aces or kings. You know what I mean? So, or he could have aces or kings. So that's why I decided I had a call. But uh, so, so now I'm five grand loser, right? So about, uh, I don't know, maybe three hands after, maybe two, I, I raised it with pocket threes. Everybody folds. Uh, uh, one guy in the small blind calls. Everybody folds. And the big blind calls. The blinds both call. Okay. And the flop comes down. Three, six, jack with two diamonds. And they check to me. And I bet like... Uh, like 300 and small blind calls and um barry in the big blind he got ready to raise me and just called when he gets ready to raise me and just calls i said to myself we well, don't have jack six or jack three i'm like he, he has 
He could have just like ace jack, or he could have a flush draw. But bro, he one hundred percent raises you with ace jack. That's what I figured. But he looked like he one hundred percent raises you with queen jack. I agree. Although maybe not you. It's possible he might just call right. you with queen jack. Right. So now he he looks like he wants to raise, and he just calls. So now the turn card comes an eight, right? And he checks, and I bet six hundred. And he fucking sizes it really small and raises it to to seventeen hundred. When he did that, I swear to you, Phil, on my on our friendship, I said, "This motherfucker flopped three sixes. I'm gonna fucking puke, right?" And so I call the eleven hundred. The river car comes a nine, and he bets thirty six hundred. And I'm I'm in the tank. And I, he has, I have 1,800 behind that, right? And I'm like, if I just call here and he doesn't have three sixes, Twitter world's gonna fucking just annihilate me here for fucking calling and, and not putting the guy's last 1,800 with trips in. I swear to you, I said this. And I, I'm like, call Mike, call Mike, call Mike, call Mike. No, I don't, I'd rather lose the extra 1800 than look like an idiot of a wrong. So I put it all in for 1800 and he showed me three sixes. So now I Oh my god. Now now I lose 10 <laughs> now I'm 10,000 fucking more loser. So now I'm 15 loser we played literally 10 hands. And uh I grinded that over set. Wow. Do you know That's Phil? Crazy. I'm going to keep saying it till it happens. When it happens, I'm going to be all over my podcast talking about it. I have not set over setted somebody since 2006 Monte Carlo Millions in level 1 when I raised with kings and eights flattered me and it came king 8 and like I doubled through him like 10 Mikey, minutes in his Mikey, not that you remember, right? Let's no, be I know. clear. I'm 100% sure. Your your memory. No, you're no. not 100% sure. I I'm, I mean, I've seen your I've I've told I, I've people, played with you a limited I've amount. Bet, I've bet people they could find any hand history since 2006 where I flopped set over set. Now, Bryn Kenny uh uh brought up the one hand where he flopped a set and I turned a set, but that's different than flopping set over set. So anybody out there that hasn't seen this hand that I'm about ready to go talk about, you could um, uh, go down and download the Poker Go um, with uh, ac- uh, promo code MOUTH and uh, get $10 off on an annual subscription. So uh, this hand comes up. It's really amazing. So Barry raises, and I think I call. I did. I had King, Queen, and Diamonds. I called and uh, Justin Young calls on the button and was Taylor the guy so bad on names it's a joke anyways uh, super nice guy has a YouTube channel and everything so he calls so now the flop comes Barry's like like 60,000 deep and Justin Young is 50,000 deep Uh, and the flop comes ace eight Deuce with eight deuce of clubs. Uh, check. Barry bets 600. I fold. Uh, and Justin calls 600. And then I- I'm pretty sure his name is Taylor. I'm not positive. And now he check raises the flop. 
he makes it 3600 now this guy played super solid for two days never put a bad chip in and when he check raised field i said to myself he's he's got a set he just has to have a set right now barry now who was the original raiser and uh for 300 and then bet 600 at the flop now with a <laughs> you might have a hard time keeping a straight face here um now who had, who had 600 invested that he or 300 pre-flop 600 on the flop now re-raises it to 7800 okay <laughs> and now it's on fucking justin young and Justin's in the fucking tank for five minutes, right? And after like five minutes, he folds the hand and I think it's Taylor. If I'm wrong, I apologize. And he just snap folds, right? Which shocked all of us. (laughs) And, uh, and we had this thing. You had to show one card the last like 20 minutes (laughs) and, and he turns over a seven, (laughs) And he had pocket sevens. He fucking got the guy check raised the field and Barry re raised it, which made the seventy eight hundred with pocket sevens. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Listen, what fucking listen, what Justin Young folded. I told you ace and an eight deuce of clubs on the flop. Justin folded the ace five, ace six of clubs. What would you have done? He obviously that? didn't misplay it so badly. I don't think he did. He, I, I mean, just, hopefully I have a read. Hopefully I have a read on the guy. Hopefully I have a read on Barry and I call. Right. Well, hopefully. it's not Barry. He told, said straight out, I'm not worried about Barry. Barry is, is, is his re-raise to him is irrelevant. He said, but because Taylor had check raise the field after n- never putting a chip in the pot for two days, he was convinced he has a set, which you can't blame him. If he's holding aces and an up flush draw and he just check raised the field, I mean, it's hard to put him on anything but a set or minimum, you know, maybe even an ace eight, you know. Uh, and if, even if it's ace eight, again, he's drawn to a dry flush draw. So I, I, I just think that it was pretty unfortunate with uh, what happens to Justin in his hand. And when he was just like, like just really just bashing himself so badly up or, but I'm just trying to figure out what he could have done differently in the hand. You know, he, when a guy check raises the field and you got, Mike, you realize you've been talking for five minutes. straight, okay. right? Well, I'm okay. I'm going to stop. I just ate a steak. Okay. I'm going to, I just ate a steak. Okay, good. It's not going to make for a good. Well, well don't matter. We, I just want to go over to what, if you're in Justin Young's spot and you know, Barry's got dog shit. I mean, he's in a bad spot. It really, if you're holding the ace six of clubs and one of the tightest players at the table has never put big amounts of chip in, check raises the field. I mean, it looks like you're up. Now you're, and he's 13 but deep. You have to. What do you do? All right, uh, let's talk about this. Yeah, I want to. Okay, I, so so I had, I had a very similar hand to Justin Young mm-hmm. in the 90s. Okay, in a major tournament. Okay. And it came ace, queen, ten with the queen, ten of diamonds. Mm -hmm. And I think I had the ace, six of diamonds. Okay. Call it the ace, three, ace, six of diamonds. It was, I think it was exactly ace, six of diamonds. Okay. And 
And I said, fuck, I guess I just have to go with this. And I just, and the guy put a huge re-raise in and we got it all in. And he rolled over King Jack of Diamonds. <laughs> he had a straight right. with a flush draw. And I had no outs, basically. I mean, I needed a diamond, of course. The diamond didn't come. Right. And I went home, and I busted. It was a big tournament. Mm-hmm. And I was mad at myself. I said, no, you, you, you're too good, Philhelm, you're too good to go with that. Everybody else can go with that, and everybody else can think it's right to go with that. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm talking about tournaments, and we'll talk about side games in a second. The fact of the matter is, in a tournament... If you and you have sixty big blinds, okay, you don't have to. I don't have to shove it in there. Right. I don't have to get involved there. Once the big raise comes in, you know, I might call. I might even fold. Mm-hmm. But I think the guy raised huge, and so it was a bad spot for me. And so I just thought, wow, with sixty big blinds, at my best, I can run it up to a hundred big blinds without breaking a sweat. I can play any two cards. I can play aces. I can do anything I want to run those chips up because mm-hmm. I'm good at no limit hold'em. In a cash game, it's harder, right? It's a lot harder because someone could someone could have like the king queen of clubs in the spot, right? Right. And so you know, I find myself in tournaments and cash games these days. You know, if it comes nine eight deuce and I have the ace six of clubs. I find myself getting it in there, and sometimes I'm against a flush draw, and sometimes I'm against a straight draw. Right. And then sometimes, unfortunately, I'm against a set. So I think, but I would say that I would say that Justin Young is a really, really good player. Me too. I agree. And he decided he decided to make a fold, and that's and so I think I stand by his fold. Me too. Sure. Now you and I, you you and I, now looking back, we can say he had. The other guy had the nine five of clubs, and this guy had two sevens. Yeah, you know. Well, like Justin and, said, you know, the sevens were the uh, Barry's hand was irrelevant. He he felt that Barry was weak. If it, the best he had. No, you already said that, Mike. Yeah, but what the he, point is? The point is this. The point is this. I don't have a problem with the photo. He loses six hundred. Now this is the kind of thing that drives me crazy, and right. I start and I start saying, you know, and I start the Phil Helmuth rant. Right. Is as I would you know as sometimes I would go crazy at the guy with the seventh. I'd be like, "What the hell were you thinking?" Yeah, but he can't not the other hand, he was, the other he's guy the game, somehow you know? folded. Right? Huh? The other guy ended up with eight nine of hearts, and he made a he made a move. He thought he he read he read Barry right for not having an ace and weak, and so he thought when Justin just flatted. That he didn't, he couldn't. What what kind of ace can he really have? Because he just called pre, so and he's holding the eight, so that blocks him from having an eight. You know, probably have a set of eights. So I understand the guy's play, which he's never made a play in two days, and it's unfortunate that Barry has to lose his mind and and fucking. It's unfortunate for Justin, right? But, but I think, lost his mind. I think under the circumstances, even though I'm because I'm not results oriented, if you if you if you piece the hand all together, I think as deep as they are, I think Justin made the right fold. Now he looks terrible. I support the fold too, but yeah. that's that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. You yeah. you you know, and I learned to do this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. When I first started doing poker commentary, I would have to say I have to base my judgments not on what they have. Right, of course. You know, 
because I can see their whole cards. Right. Because I'm on, it's on the stream and I'm doing the commentary. Right. But on what I would do. And so I really worked hard at that, you mm-hmm. know, to say, all right, I would have folded that hand too. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though I would, even though people would be like, are you crazy, Phil? Well, you're only crazy because you saw the whole cards. Right. If you saw the whole cards and you got a set of eights, everybody would say, oh, yeah, of course, it was the standard play. Well, even, Way too many people are right. influenced by knowing what the results are. I've had people, yeah. you know, one of the biggest laydowns of my life was against Howard Letter. Mm-hmm. It came King 8-3, and I had the King 8 of hearts. And, and, uh, and this weird hand came up where, you know, where I ended up, in the in the Hall of Fame main event, I ended up folding the kings and eights, right. and and I was sure, I was sure that Howard had three threes, but the second possibility is the the ace three of clubs because mm-hmm. the king eight of clubs was on board, mm-hmm. and even if he has ace three of clubs, there, mm-hmm. how big a favorite am I with kings and eights against the guy with the ace three of clubs? He needs a three, an ace, or a club, right. But I made one of the most amazing, and I think somebody in the middle, some European player. In fact, it was Chris Bjorn. Mm-hmm. Chris Bjorn had ace-king, and he went broke in the middle. He just got it all in with right. king-queen or or ace-king. And I somehow folded. I mean, we're talking for like 100 big blinds here. And, you know, the flop it had, the flop it had come where um, I check-raised just enough where you know, where it was just a weird hand, and right. I folded it. And the one that I flipped it face up, I got lectured by everybody about what a bad fold it was. Of course. Until Howard rolled over three threes. Right. Now, and if, everybody suddenly shut up. If 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 Taylor didn't, like, do this one move, which, listen, I, I understand his his move. He was positive. He thought Barry was 100% weak. With Justin just flatted with a flush draw out there, he figured if Justin has a set, he's gonna with a flush draw out there, he might fucking raise it. Um, so I, I have no, you know, just the timing of it. And then Barry has six hundred in the pot, then makes a seventy-eight with two sevens. And poor Justin, who who now calls this raise and flops exactly the biggest what you're looking the flop and he fucking and he's buried yeah. like 25,000 for the two days and his get even pot is sitting there it, of course you know I'm throwing the needles and I'm like and I I I I, I totally respect the fold I think the way the pan went I would have probably folded also but afterwards I'm like dude what's wrong with you you have no gamble you find no, I'm throwing you know I'm, I'm joking but I'm having fun I'm like you fucking call a raise with a six you flop top pair not clubs and and you're folding 25,000 loser what the fuck have you lost your mind you know but meanwhile <laughs> you know me but meanwhile I totally like even if by the it, way how did Barry how did Barry end up doing in the game well he was 60 loser and ended up winning eight. What sixty loser? Yeah, and he was going to go off for. Well, he only had ten more left in his account when he bought in for twenty more. Um, I mean, I thought he was going to lose it all. He was playing like so bad. I watched him call literally on a dry flux draw. What one to come? He called seventeen thousand five hundred. <laughs> you can't make this. Wow. Up. And and they and they fucking. Uh, uh, whatever they 
that uh, got it in, whatever, and they ran it twice. And the first one, he hits a heart. <laughs> the second one, he misses, and they chop it up. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, you know. And you know, and it was really great conversation. So me and Barry, we became good friends. Actually, we, we've been actually texting with each other for about an hour before I called you. And at the table, he asked me seriously. He says, he goes, be honest with me, Mike. He goes, how do you rate my poker game as uh, from one to ten, with ten being a Stephen Chibwick? I said, okay, that's a fair uh, analysis. I go, I will give you my honest opinion. And he goes, yes, that's what I want to hear. I said, 4.7, okay? And normally you would say, well, why, you know, why that's like average. Well, I said straight up and I'm, you know me, I don't, I don't cut the shit. I said, you know, I give you like 4.7, like an app, like average because of the fact that, that you are wealthy and you're not afraid to put chips in. And when you're not afraid to put chips in, that will cover a lot of your deficiencies that you do. And it's the truth. And you'll pick up a lot of pots that way. And uh, so that was that's that. Well, uh, he'll not only pick up a lot of pots that way. Put pressure but on people. He'll, uh, yeah, he'll put pressure on people. Right. And but but not only that, he'll also make calls in spots where. So in other words, if the young pros who don't understand, there's a cardinal sin bluffing Barry Woods. There's a right. cardinal sin. Right. Those guys are going to get massacred trying to bluff him. Right. <laughs> That's why I can't believe he got away. You and I are just, just going to sit back and wait till we have our set. Right. Like one thing I'll say about Cantu, where, and I was telling people even after he left today and we we're talking, I said, listen, Cantu has a lot of talent. His biggest problem is, is he just, he has his patience. He just doesn't know how to switch gears and then fold for 30 minutes or whatever. I mean, you get him to fold for 10 minutes. It's really it's hard like, for Cantu to fold for 30 minutes. Yeah. He, he did it for like 15 today and then he finally couldn't take it anymore. You know what I mean? So, but you know, he's very talented. Now what he does, Brandon yep. is, is Brandon will make it 10,000. Like he'll re-raise like you open for 150. He makes it like 1700 with nothing, but he'll also make it 1700 with two aces or two Kings. And then on the flop, he'll just just go all in where most people will size differently to try and string people along. But Cantu will also move all in with zero. So when, when Brandon gets hot, that's why he's able to make big scores because, because you have to call him. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that's exactly right, Mikey. So, uh, but you exactly know, right. it, it I is agree hard. With you 100%. Yeah, it is hard to make hands, though. I mean, listen, yeah. Cantu, Cantu is a good. I mean, he's a great chip mover, and yeah. lifetime against him. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I'm. I mean, all right. If you look at tournament lifetime, I know that he just gave me like a hundred big blinds in the right. tournament. You know, that, have you guys played cash head up? Series. Have you guys played head up uh, cash or no? I had aces versus ace jack. One time we played heads up at Chinese, and I was thirty loser from the poker game, mm-hmm. and I lost like another hundred and twenty thousand to him playing heads up Chinese. Is that the first another o- time we the open faced one card where he was not the best in the world at for a yeah. while? Yeah, yeah, okay. when he was really good, right? And we just kept playing higher and higher and higher, and he just kept okay, okay, yeah. And we were playing I don't know a thousand a point at the end or something, but he smashed me good. Mm-hmm. I just won the WSOP Europe. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have this. I have this thing. I've been very disciplined, where I don't risk more than ten thousand dollars a day right. in a cash game in Vegas. 
the mouthpiece. If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702-329-0480. And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Mattiso on Twitter for times that our call-in segment will be live. And now it's our favorite time of the show, the phone call segment. So let's see what our fans have to say today. Let's light up the lines. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike. What's up, bud? Hey, what's going on, Mike? How you doing? Good. Who's this? Uh, my name's Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Where are you from? I'm actually living in Connecticut now where... Oh. Um, uh, I'm actually by uh, MGM opened up a new casino in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, I heard all about it, and uh, I heard the poker is going to be pretty good there for the first year. So, you have any yeah, questions for me today, or? Yeah, no, I do. Um, you know what? I was actually I've been I actually have a couple of questions. I can talk sure. poker forever, so I don't know right. how, how much time you got. But you know, no. one of the uh, first questions that comes to mind is like uh, doing a bankroll challenge. Have you ever done anything like that uh, for yourself in your poker career? I'm, 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 I'm one of the worst bankroll managers in history. So um, <laughs> when you say bankroll challenge, is that like uh, kind of like when like Chris Ferguson back in the day like would win free rolls and try and run it up to 10,000, that kind of challenge? Yeah, yeah, because I was reading about Doug Polk and he just did his, Right. His $100 to $10,000 bankroll challenge, and it took him two years to do it, which to me, it's... it's From it's what? Really $100 to what? $100 to 10000 Two years. Let me tell you something. Back in the full tilt days, I used to run like $75 into 100000 oh, at least five times a year. Now, I ran 100000 in a zero, probably seven times a year but it, <laughs> but it was fun running like a hundred bucks in a, into a hundred thousand and i i can't even believe it would take that long i mean well then again people play pretty good now it's not as easy anymore but good. so what any you um, said one more question you want yeah no i got more questions so you, you get know, one more because we got other calls so one more for you all right we'll do one more um all right, I'll ask you this. It might be different in the uh, in the higher level, but what can you say, or what do you know about really common poker tells that people have at the table um, well, when it comes to maybe the lower limit? I mean, there are some things where I, I know where. It I think it's very, very, especially in the lower limits. If you're playing like two five, five five, things like that, you're gonna you got to look for look for chip tells as in a how much are what is their what are they betting at the flop the amount they're betting at the flop and also look uh if you're if you see like a real aggressive player that's playing a lot of pots just study him for an hour and watch how he puts his chips in whether he slides them forward goes side to side, splashes them forward, and then uh, when they, when at the end of a hand that goes to showdown, 
see how he'd put those chips in that hand if were if he was big or or weak and uh you will unfortunately most pe- people are creatures of habit and they don't think about certain things in certain situations and they will do things differently when you find that uh you'll be able to capitalize and when you see weakness, you'll be able to three bet a lot and do a lot of different things. And that's what I look for the most. Um, mm-hmm. When you're playing against the top, top pros, the be- you know, they're taught to be like robots and put the chips in, you know. So I used to always say back in 2006 when card runners uh, destroyed No Limit Hold'em by teaching bet sizing. Uh, and uh, that's how I made a living on bet sizing and how people put their chips in. And I could always tell literally what their two cards were by the way they entered the pot. And, uh, you know, uh, even day one yesterday, I saw all of it. And today I didn't. And that doesn't mean I didn't play solid. I just wasn't in the zone. And uh, and so when you're not in the zone and you know you're, it's going to be one of those days where you're just going to kind of have to play solid and grind through. And that's what I did. And that's what you what you have to do when you have bad day, when you're not like totally zoned in. So that's yeah. what I my best advice to you. I okay. appreciate the call, man. Call in anytime. Hey. I hope you enjoy the the podcast and uh, tell all your friends to uh, check it out if they're not listening. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you're welcome. It. Thanks day. for the call. You too, man. Thanks. All right, bye bye. Welcome to the mouthpiece, is Mike. Hey, Mike, what's going on? This is Mark from uh, Henderson, Nevada. Hey, Mark. That's where I'm from, Henderson, Nevada. Um, I'm always fascinated with your sports betting stories because, you know, living in <laughs> Henderson, I'm quite a degenerate, and I bet on sports. Um, what's your worst bad beat in sports betting history that you've taken? Um, oh, hell, that's an easy one. Uh, you ever watch bad beats on Scott Van Pelt on Mondays? Okay. Yep, you know, they show, like, Four bad beats. Well, the two that I have to watch every fucking Monday are the two are one of them that I had my one of my biggest bets on ever, and the other one I had uh, I had ten thousand on, and that was the Duke Cincinnati game where I was getting 14, 14 and a half up by three at the goal at like first and goal at the two with Duke, and the next thing you know. Uh, they lose by 15 in a minute and 26 seconds. That was the worst one. That was that was the fumble that would have put them up by like 10. And then mm-hmm. and then there was the uh, uh, the very first play. The guy got, throws a 99 yard touchdown to put um, put the um, uh, uh, Cincinnati up by four. The very next play, when they get the ball back, it throws a pick six. I'm down 11, and two plays later, he throws another pick six with like 10 seconds to go, and wow, lost. But that, that was brutal. no, that was literally the worst. I didn't have, I only had 10,000 on that, so money wise. But that was the worst beat I ever took. The second worst beat I had 50,000 on this for the most money. And that's the Ohio State Northwestern game that they love to show every that Monday. That was with Billy Baxter, right? Yes, I was with Billy Baxter. Oh yeah, I heard, I heard, I heard yeah. that podcast where you said they were down, 
they had the ball and you were getting like yeah. seven. What was the we were again? getting we were getting seven and a half, and um, and Ohio uh, Ohio State had the ball at their own twenty, uh, oh. down by four with thirty eight seconds to go, and Ohio State gets it in the end zone with 11 seconds to go uh up by three and on the on the kickoff they somehow only brought it out to the 15 yard line uh with seven seconds to go and i'll never forget me and billy were like oh my god please don't because you know 15 yard line is going to be laterals i'm like oh yeah right right. and there went the lateral the lateral the lateral backwards kicked in the end zone ohio state falls on it with no time to go the game lands 10 and uh that was one of i mean it's just the worst thing is is like i had a big action on the two two of the worst beats of I've ever seen. And, That's brutal. And that they have to, brutal. they have to, sh- and I have to be reminded of it every Monday on Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats. Yeah, so that's, that's the worst that's part. Adding insult to injury, man. It's yeah. No, I, I mean, there was, uh, I mean, there was one game for a lot less money back, oh, back in the early, about 2000 and maybe 2005, where we had uh, Indiana Pacers um, plus. I think it was plus six and a half, and we led by five with 38 seconds to go. And Oh, my gosh. And we lost in regulation. Oh, dude, that's, br- that's brutal, man. Yeah, in regulation. Getting plus five and a half, being up five with 38 seconds to go and losing right. in regulation. It went three-pointer, two-point game, turnover, three-pointer, other team up one, okay, then – Turnover, then foul, then make both free throws, and then uh, quick shot, miss, foul, and uh, it landed on five. I think we're at plus four and a half. We lose by a half. I, I had like two grand on that game, but that was the worst basketball beat I ever took. But, That's insane. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the call. Right, well, call me anytime. And uh, and uh, with football coming up, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, – uh, podcast talking about uh, um, are Swiss. you going to have Billy back on soon or not? Yes, I'm going to have Billy on before football, probably in two weeks. So. I, I, lo- I love that podcast, man. I loved it. Thanks for calling. All right, thanks, man. You got it. Right, Later. The mouthpiece. This is Danny Negreanu, and you're listening to the mouthpiece. Welcome to the mouthpiece, Mister Phil Helmuth. How's it going today, buddy? How you doing, Mikey? I'm doing pretty good, you know. Um, I uh, feeling good. Uh, the pain uh, shot yesterday did wonders. <laughs> so, uh, you know, things are good. Did you tell your viewers? You, did you tell your viewers the way you were feeling? Uh, you know, the last. Uh, yeah, I kind of. Tu- I kind of touched on it a little bit uh, that uh, after I played poker after dark, uh, actually didn't. I'm glad you brought it up. I did say I was in pain when I went and played the private game with Cantu, but uh, then I ended up, uh, yeah, it's something I should bring up. I ended up like bedridden for six days after not being in pain for the entire World Series. I could not leave the bed, and yesterday I got me a Toradol shot, and now I feel back perfect. I feel fine. 
So uh, maybe uh, maybe it was just overdoing it too much or walking through well, the Caesars. It was a blessing for you to you know be out of pain. You know you yeah. had six seven years of pain. Yeah. You were out of pain for the first time in six seven years. Yeah. I know. You know, I know you're not a bastard to say it. I'm afraid to say it. You were taking yeah. 23 pills a day there for a minute, and yeah. and it was just brutal. Yeah, was brutal. Then you had this amazing operation, and it looked like, you know, well, you weren't a, sure what was going on. You were back in pain, but yeah. it sounds like the shot has stabilized you. And yeah, and he I told thought you'd, I thought you'd be sorry. back. Yeah, and he the doctor told me also that uh, the the last week uh, that all their Patients have been complaining that they're in horrible pain, and it, he says it's because of the weather. Now, I people don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. When the weather comes in uh, in the desert and the pressure, barometric pressure drops, okay, it's kind of like when I get on an airplane. Uh, the pressure, the pr- they pressurize the cabin. You go up and down, and every time I travel on an airplane, I can't move for two days. And uh, that's kind of like when a when a storm kind of hits here, and uh, and the weather and the pressure goes up and down, which well expands my, the stuff. So I know, I know that you know you and I are right now. I I I don't know. I'll tell tell the people. Yeah, there. I bought Mikey a plane ticket. Yeah, tell them <laughs> what we have I've in been- store for the next month. What our plans are. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, on the 22nd. So it's like this. Uh, you know, there's rumors that, that Mike, you know, is going to be selected to play poker after dark Tuesday, Wednesday, as social media is so good. Yeah. I've heard those rumors. That will be amazing. Yeah, I, I and then, you know, talked about that. And then I'm filming poker after dark the 20th and 21st of August. And mm-hmm. so I sold, I'm selling pieces of myself at your stake. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Mike. Last August, I played on Poker After Dark, mm-hmm. and I sold 40% of myself, not because I needed to sell. No, you I've been very lucky financially. You, you, know. you, you buy half of me in the same game, so you don't need to sell. <laughs> so it's not, yeah, not that. But I, sure. you know what? Now that you're doing that, I might do the same uh, for my U-Stakes fans. Then we can both So I did it. it. So I did it. I figured I'll make the U-Stakes fans a little money. Well, you know what? For the first time, I didn't sell all the way. I sold 40 No. I I won three hundred and five thousand or three hundred and sixteen thousand. So, you know, if you had one point, you won three thousand dollars. Oh, so, I didn't. I didn't know you had um, sold a piece of yourself. You know. Yeah. That, no. Uh, I mean, that was a that was a great game. And so the problem, the, the good thing is, just that, what, you know, twenty one percent didn't sell. Wow. So whoops, I guess I had to put that sixty three thousand in my pocket. You, so I made the U stake guys. I will tell you this too, Mike. You talk about markup, please, and all this BS. Yeah. I put seven packages on you stake. Mm-hmm. I've lost once. I know. Tournaments and cash games, I've lost once. I know. You know why that didn't sell out? I'm going to tell you why they didn't sell out. You needed to sit up and put up there, JRB is going to be in the game, and that would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> because because it, it, when you called and said, I won uh, whatever you won, I said, what was the, tell everybody what the first thing out of my mouth was. Well, you <laughs> tell did. Them, you said, you how said much, JRB must have given it to you. <laughs> I said, how much did JRB give you? And you said, oh, a lot of it. And then you talked about the last hand. About the <laughs> it was track. the second to last hand of the night. And that video has had like a, a couple million views. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. Where I picked up aces and he picked up ace jack. This hand was interesting. You know, Tell everybody how it went. Because 
Well, JRB puts the straddle on. They announce there's two hands to go. Mm-hmm. And I look down, and I'm up 106,000. I also have you stake backers, so it's not just me. I have to fight for them. And I don't even know what percent I've sold to myself. I didn't look till later because, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. And uh, and so uh, someone uh, someone raised, and it went – or I wanted to get the hand right. Someone raised or someone called, and uh, – I think someone raised, and I just decided Jennifer Tilly called, or maybe she was on my left. But I know that I had aces, and I had to smooth call very quickly. And I thought about it. Before I thought you just moved in, back. didn't you? No. Okay, no, no, no. All right, go ahead. So I, so I, I had to smooth call the thousand or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and uh, or eight hundred, whatever the there was. A, anyway, I smooth called it, but I smooth called quickly. I didn't mm-hmm. want any indication. Right. I just thought if I open to 5K, I'm going to get five callers, mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm going to lose a lot of money if they crack my aces. Right. So why even? So I'll just play aces weird, and I can play it aggressively on the flop, and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it comes queen high, and I trap somebody with a queen, mm-hmm. you know. But if it came, you know, nine, ten jack of spades, and I had two red aces, I wasn't going to lose a penny. I'm going to lock up that win. I mean, there's two hands to go. They announced it, so. I smooth call gets to JRB in the big blonde and the straddle, mm-hmm. and he raised it to six thousand. Well, it goes fold, fold, and it gets to me, and I thought, what can I do here? And uh, I have one hundred and sixteen thousand in front of me, and I thought, I don't know why it came over me just to move in because it's JRB. Kind of that's right? why. <laughs> so I just stuff in a hundred and. Thousand <laughs> and, on the, and uh, on the last hand of the night or the second last second hand? last hand of the night <laughs> and I just thought you know I mean whatever I'll just end it here I mean it was more like uh, I just let's go to the next hand kind of mm-hmm. thing it was weird because people were like why didn't you raise twenty why didn't you raise fifteen well you know if I raise right right and so. You know, if I raise 20 more, it looks really strong. So it's been weird that I've just moved all my chips in. One time I raised 1,000 big blinds with aces and got called by kings. That was in the million-dollar buy-in. Right, and, that. you know, so whatever. It's weird how sometimes when I just stuff it, I get called. And so I stuff it. And now Jeremy's pissed at And I think he's a really good player. I know you might tease him. Uh, he can play no limit hold on really well if he's not drinking. Other than that, he can't so he's, had, he's had some wine. You can see right. it, the videos. Pretty cool. Right. And then he says, he says, uh, he starts talking. He's like, I know you have eight high. No, you have eight high. He's like, call out your inner Eddie King. This video <laughs> goes on for seven minutes. How about so, the best part? Of, so tell I, everybody the best part about it is when he said, "Fuck, I know if I fold here, my backer's going to." be pissed but if i call here and i'm wrong he might quit staking me that was the greatest line of all <laughs> jerry is just talking it's super entertaining video and uh and so finally and i'm thinking what does he have and so when i realized he might actually call me i just completely go stone shut up yeah i don't say a word i saw that and then and then he says i'm gonna fold and he shows Ace Jack, and I have some release hits my face. Right. Now, the reason that release hit my face is the pot's over. I mean, you know, when you're all in for 116000 and somebody finally folds, you have release. 
Right. Right? Of course. But he sees the relief. Jeremy's good at reading people. He sees mm-hmm. the relief, and he's like, fuck. And so then he says to the table, and now I'm just stone mute. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> he can call 116 of those. Yeah, I have aces. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course. And uh, so now I'm just like, now I'm just like, I just can't give away. No matter what I say, he's going to fold. So mm-hmm. I just I know I have to just shut up. And I still think he's going to fold. And now he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like, is it all right? He asked the table <laughs> that I told Phil I was going to fold, and now I'm thinking about calling it over. I was like, yeah, 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 that's all right, that's all right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he threw it face up on the table and said, I'm out, you mm-hmm. know. And so they're like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, he doesn't want to violate any, you know, any you know, kind of like – rules that we have and all you know, i know is poker, every time right? i watch this video it makes if i'm in a bad mood it makes me laugh a little <laughs> so finally for some reason he calls it and i show him aces <laughs> He's just like what the heck is going and on for, here? for those of you out there that have never played with phil okay phil plays pretty snug and if it's one of the last two hands of the night and phil just jams a hundred and sixteen thousand in um, it'll never be changed. It'll never. It's a. It's aces like a thousand. Uh, he, well, I said I, I said nine ninety nine out of a thousand. Phil told me it's a thousand out of a thousand. So I believe him. It's a thousand out of a thousand. I'll tell you why. Explain. Because if I heard, if I have kings mm-hmm. in the second to last hand, you have to understand how many blinds we have. We were playing one in two hundred. Right. Okay. Now there might have been some straddles on or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was a hundred two hundred game. So in my mind. I'm sitting on, you know, a, what is it, you know, and what, 500 big blinds. And what, now, I like, I don't like to lose 40 big blinds with things. I definitely don't like to lose 60. Mm-hmm. I have 500 big blinds. Right. Okay. And so, you know, I mean, I'm going to be looking for the door with kings, mm-hmm. especially, I'm, dude, I bought in 10K. Mm-hmm. I have 116,000 in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Come on. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> let's, uh, I I'm wanna... taking that win, man. I mean, I'm almost like that, you know? I mean, uh, I want... plus I, I got to protect all the U-stake people. Absolutely. How about if we tell the folks that we're going to come to L.A., mm-hmm. um, that we're filming? You know, how about if we tell the folks that you and I are going to be okay. flying to L.A. together? I already said that. And we're going to be filming live at the bike on the 23rd of August. Okay, right? so yeah, right. And then we're going to have they're going to have this thing called a meetup game. Okay. I've never done one of those. Which I uh, got invited to game. by you. Well, that was very nice of you. to do a meetup game. You know, the social media guys will show up. And it's kind of fun. The casino's like, hey, we want you to come and we want you to invite a bunch of strangers. It's kind of a fun thing. So. You and I are doing that on Sunday, the 25th, the Bicycle Club, a meetup game. Right. Five, five blinds. Now, listen, I hired you, paid you out of my pocket, and Cantu, and Randall Emmett. Right. And I said, hey, why don't you guys come with me? I'm not, you know, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. How I could I admit, the last time I played 5-5 five, five with Randall Emmett, he lost 60000 So, uh, yeah, that should, <laughs> that should be a pretty good 5-5 five, five game. Uh, yeah, but, and so, you know, I think it's going to be really fun. The four of us, we're going to be sitting down at, uh, we might sit at the at together for the first hour and a half, mm-hmm. where the Bicycle Club puts their super VIPs with us. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we're going to, for the next three hours, we'll be we'll be at different tables, and people can come play. Everybody can have pictures with us, have autographs, and yeah. play 5-5. Five, five. And 
I know I'm going to try my hardest. Oh, me too. And I, I know, know that you're going to try your hardest. I can't too, and um, Randall will lose their minds. So if you're at my table or at Mike's table playing 5-5, five, five, you're going to see our best game. It's not going to be a juicy spot. But if yeah. you're at Cantu's table or, Randall. or at Randall's well, table, no telling how much money they're going to lose Yeah, trying to focus on a 5-5 five, five game because it's really tough. It's not easy for you and I to go from 100-200 to a 5-5 five, five game. Right. But I think it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be fun. Uh, that's going to be the 23rd of August. Uh, so you could uh, – we're, we're being... Live at the bike is 23rd. Right. You and I are going to film – then we're going to do oh, the yeah. meetup game 25th, which is a Sunday. And then, Mikey, the other fun thing, I, I want to give some props to this. Quantum Tournaments, it's called. And they have this great event. Day one, yeah. you can buy in for 160 bucks, Right. Or you can buy in on day two. Day two is 3700 <laughs> So you and I are both planning on sitting down. It's a million guaranteed, this tournament. They have day one, two, three, A, B, C, D, E, F, D, all the way to like day K in L.A. It's a great tournament. At the bike. Great event. And you and I are going to sit down and we're going to buy in on day two, which is the 27th for $3,700. With seven big uh, ones. 27th of August, and then the last thing I want to say about the bike is this. You and I are also scheduled to film Live at the Bike August 30th, and then finally, you know, August 31st is the Day 1A of the Bicycle Club World Poker Tour Tournament. Now, they didn't have that last year, but I finished second the year before. Correct. I'm really looking forward to this, and then, of course, September 1st is Day 1B. So you're going to be staying with me. Uh, we'll both be staying in L.A. And we'll be two weeks in L.A. Working hard. We're going to be grinding, you know. Yeah. And I think I'm going to have some fun. You know, you and I about Saturday the 24th. Maybe we'll go to the best restaurant in L.A., get a limo up there. Maybe have a few drinks afterwards. But you and I aren't really as, you know, we're not looking to go clubbing as much. I mean, no, plus, no. I'm going you know, to work. Vegas is. I'm going to work, and uh, also um, I will be playing uh, a big cash game with Phil. Uh, what what day is that, Phil? The twenty first before we go to L.A. Right. That's poker after dark. Right. You're not confirmed on the show yet. Okay. But, but, but I will uh, be. But you have a you have a decent chance to be on. Right now, the lineup. You know, Russell Westbrook just said no. Um, so we were trying to get Westbrook. We're trying to get Michael Phelps. We're trying to get Kevin Hart. We don't need. We don't need Michael first. Phelps. He don't give a chip away. We don't. We need. Uh, yes, but he's fun. He is you great. You know, uh, Green is invited, and I think the people would love him. I mean, um, but right now, confirmed is me and Jennifer Tilly, and um, Paul Pierce. You think Alan Keating? Right. And I think Paul Pierce may or may not be confirmed. It. I think he is. We're waiting on him and Kevin Hart and Draymond Green. Now, I might also invite Daniel to this game, and then you and Cantu are also possibilities. So we'll see how it sorts out, but that will be Poker After Dark the 20th and 21st, and that's the one where you can buy a piece of me right now. At Ustake, 140 people have bought a piece of me in the last three hours. That's awesome. And yeah. uh, I didn't even think about selling pieces of myself in the bigger cash games because I always call you and, and you. I ask you one and a half, you say yes, and then I drop twenty or thirty in your pocket every time. So <laughs> I didn't even think Mike, about. Do you remember? 
Let's tell the folks about the time where we were playing 2004. Right after I won a tournament. And when you win a tournament, you're running good and your confidence is high. But 2004,000, you could lose a quarter million in like 20 minutes. So I'm like, does anybody want to buy half? I offered a couple people half. They turned me down. Uh, Then I said, does anybody want a third? And Phil goes, yeah, I'll take a third. No, first you said no. Then you said, yeah, I'll take it. Just like you did the other day. <laughs> and I won, uh, what I won, 280000 270000 So Phil got like a nice little 80-burger. 90000 And uh, that got You a, won 270000 You had 90000 Yeah, that was sweet. I, I won every hand. I, it was the hottest I ever was in any poker game in my life. Bro, you were so hot. It was like, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, you were playing way, you know, I mean, you, you were playing way out of your bankroll limit right. this was 2013 there was no internet money coming in for you right. you were playing really high you just won the nbc heads up and i'd finish second and i figured since you won it you probably weren't going to play your best but then i realized that at that particular table i felt like you and i were the two best players yeah, yeah well um, there i'm gonna always bring my best in a two four thousand game uh especially after i won a tournament my i actually ended up really playing great that night and the deck hit me and when you play good oh, and run good you, wow that's the greatest feeling in the world and, <laughs> and it's like 90,000 for my son in Please. an hour and a half it was like maybe like an hour and 45 minutes so that was uh that was a lot of fun uh you want to tell anybody about how your world series went uh, are you happy even though you didn't win a bracelet uh, are you happy with everything how everything went I mean, you know, I I did leave in the. I won't do it again. Right. So yeah, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to to go on a trip, um, you know. And we took Tony Robbins' uh, jet straight from LA to Cusco, and then from Cusco you go to Machu Picchu. We hiked eight and a half hours. Um, we drove and then we hiked, and then so that was, and then we went straight to Galapagos Islands, and so that was an amazing two weeks, and then. You know, I got offered 35000 to do this event in Santa Barbara a couple of days before. My corporate rate's usually fifty k, but I'm like, damn, it's Santa Barbara. It's literally two days before I'm leaving. So I took it. And, you know, that cost me one or two tournaments that I could have played. I, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty upset for that you. But, you know, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And I, I, You remember I rode you pretty hard. I, I said... I said, you seem like you don't care about the World Series this year. And you're like, what are you talking? And you got my, you, you got upset about it. But I was just, you know, I made, because I, I, I care about Well, you when know, I got I, upset about it, you probably realized I do care. Of course, and, yeah. You know, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Anyway. It was a great trip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I came back and, you know, and I had 12 caches this summer. I mean, I don't know how many people had more than 12 caches, but I was gone two weeks and had 12 caches. Yeah. So, I mean. I think and, Daniel had 17 caches. Uh, I had seven, but I only played 18 events. Uh, you probably so, you, didn't, I mean, you didn't play that much so, more, right? You only played about 26, right, maybe? You didn't play no 30, yeah, did you? Maybe not even that many. I was deep yeah. so often I had to skip a lot of events. Right. But anyway, yeah, to me, to me, uh, you know, had I not gone the two weeks, I might have had seven, eight more. I might have had a record. I might have had 20 caches, which would have been my record. Mm-hmm. 12 is my record already anyway, but. But uh, anyway, Mikey, you know, so right at the end of the series, I just knew that I was playing No Limit well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, in the turbo right at the end, I was defending champion. 
And I made that final table, and I finished sixth. And I didn't even have time to lament it because literally I was already in makeup for ESPN. So at our at our, at one of the 15-minute breaks, I went in and got some makeup. And I was already mic'd up and ready to go. So the minute that the ESPN coverage started, you know, I knew that I, I could have won the tournament and still made my segment because mm-hmm. it was a turbo. But unfortunately, I finished sixth. And rather than be depressed, I was like, all right, it was $100,000. And all right, I'm going right to the stage where Maria and I are going to, you know, mm-hmm. break down hands and prepare for our segment. So rather than be upset, you know, strangely, interestingly, I went to that final I went to the final 10 with only four or five bigs, Mike. Yeah. And I peed my wife, who was on her way to the airport. Mm-hmm. And she had like a 340 flight out. And I said, "Hun, just go to the airport, but I may call you. Just be the last person to board your flight. Right. And she's taking a Southwest flight. And so um, and I said, but I'm, you're going to hear from me in the next five minutes. And, you know, I got lucky and double doubled the money. And I said, get on the flight. So... Mm-hmm. So now I have 16 bigs, and she gets on the flight. Well, by the time she landed, I was busted. Wow, that's a terrible And that's not that unusual. I double-doubled with 10, and I finished sixth. Mm -hmm. So she saw before I landed that I'd busted, and she's like, And I want to talk to— Now, now, Mikey, and let me say this about my wife. What a trooper. But she's not just going to come hang out. You know, she flew in. She had to work the next day. So she she stayed at the Las Vegas airport, and— and and she just grabbed some food and hopped on the next flight back. So my wife was pretty... Uh, Listen, I love your wife. Bald, She's yeah. wonderful. I Over all the years, I always wondered, how does she deal with Phil? And then me and Phil were talking the other day and says, I see my wife about an hour, hour and a half a day. That's about it. I go, oh, now it makes sense. Oh, only an hour a day. No wonder why she can deal with you. No, I'm just kidding, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it's not quite that little, but I mean, I think, I think, I think I saw a stat that said that the average person sees their spouse, just the two of them, 11 minutes a day. Now that includes all the time with the kids and all the time where they might be working together. My God, if I saw my girl 11 minutes a day, I'd be in the hap- we'd be in the happiest relationship. We'd be doing celebrations every day. 11 minutes. Yeah. So, so my, tonight, for, today, for example, my wonderful my girl screams at me 11 minutes a day. Shit. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, well, you're in a very unusual. Sure. If you polled every all of your listeners, I'll bet you wouldn't find one person that sees their wife five hours a day, or their spouse, or their girlfriend five. I bet you wouldn't find one. I don't know. And still, you, still, if you have kids, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, I mean, some guys like to golf, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just you know that's five hours away on the weekend, and. And then, you know, and the girls sometimes go out with their friends. And it's just, Mikey, for the normal person, for the normal person. Now, today my wife came home early from work, and uh, but I had to make a bunch of phone calls, and she was still doing phone calls. And so we went to dinner. We left for dinner together off the phone, and uh, and we met Joe and Nicole, you know, Joe the Warriors. Right. And love them. And so we now, went there at 7. Let me, hold on a second. A I want to. dinner. Okay, go ahead. We had a three-hour dinner, just the four of us, which was really nice. And then we drove back. So, you know, I mean, how much time did I see my wife one-on-one? Right. You know, probably the drive over and the drive back. But we had three hours and a nice dinner. Right. And when I, we got home at 10.15, she just, of course, went straight to bed. So, 
but Mikey, most people work eight hours a day and yeah, they have to drive to and from their job. So they don't see their wives. You're, you're, I think you don't understand, Mike, just how unusual your relationship is. Because if you're seeing someone, you say 16 hours a day, but even if it's 12 hours a day, that's insane. Nobody does that. Well, that's because I was and, sick uh, for so long and I was kind of stuck home. But now that I'm not sick, you know, and I'm doing better, I'm, I'm trying to play as much as I can. And I'm trying to, you know, work on the podcast, work on videos. And so even though I, I see her, we don't, we're just, I'm working all the time. So, that so then, really Mikey, helps. let me ask you this. During the World Series of Poker, how many hours a day did you see Jerry? Well, you had time to talk, not where you're wow. going to bed. Zero. You know what I mean? How many hours a day? Zero. I would see your well. I mean, you're an extremist, but I mean, there's a there's an answer. That's probably um, not the answer would be I would wake up. She would uh, make me breakfast. Uh, she'd wake me, and then uh, she'd have breakfast already cooked and waiting for me, whatever it was. And uh, then I'd go into the shower and go into. Um, to, uh, so you'd probably you'd probably see her fifteen twenty minutes uh, in the morning, and then when you came back, if you busted early, maybe an hour or two. But the point is, that's yeah, more I, of a normal. I never busted early. I would always make it through day one for most of them. No, actually, I did bust a lot of them. And for about two weeks straight, I was out pretty quick. Uh, well, the other thing is, like sometimes you bust in time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Or day three early. Yeah, and those were the days so, the point I'd is, come home. Yeah. The point is that's more of a normal relationship, mm. you know. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was good that she supported me and was there for me uh, and always made sure that everything was taken care of to get me ready for day two or day three this year. And the thing was, is uh, going into the last week, a lot of people don't know, is I was uh, four for 15 and uh, I started off, I finished 15th and 17th in the first two events. Uh, and then I basically had two min caches in between during, for about three weeks. Um, I kept my head down. And uh, 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 one thing I, uh, I give Sean Deeb a lot of credit for is he told me, he goes, Mike, he goes, you're playing well. He goes, I play with you. I know you're playing well. He goes, keep playing well. You, you got your best event coming one of your best events that eight tomorrow plus the main event he goes it's not over yet and i go you're right and every day i came back even though you know you know how hard it is when you get knocked out and you keep getting knocked out and and you're and you're you know you're playing well and it people don't realize what kind of mental mindset it takes to then go back down to the rio every single day now i listen to what we discussed a year ago and I stuck to my guns this year, which was every time I made it to a day three, uh, whether I got knocked out or whatever, I then took minimum of one day off, sometimes two. You were, this was the smartest series I've ever seen you do. Because yeah. you, you avoided the cash games, you gave yourself a chance to win a bracelet, you right. went in there and you took days off. Right. And you saw how many days I took off last year and I won a bracelet. Right. And so the answer's right in front of you. And I just kept seeing you last year coming in exhausted and i know wow you went to day two and you're exhausted why would you hop into this right you're like oh it's one of my best events so i'm like you say that every day and so you know and the other thing that i would say about what you just said that's interesting is you know is that it is a, a real grind people don't understand every champion poker player that would in 2004 2005 2007 they'd all say the same thing 
I'm so excited for the series, I'm going to play every tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'd hear that from literally the top 20 players. Mm-hmm. And after a week, there'd be like two left, right. whoever was hot. And everybody else would be like, screw this, there's a cash game, I can win a guaranteed 7000 or 10000 or 20000 right. You know, and, and they'd be drinking and frustrated and everybody... And, you know, I just have my head down playing tournament after tournament, giving myself a chance every day. Right. And, you know, that was a big edge. And now this generation, we have a lot more guys that are giving themselves a chance every day. Daniel's been doing it for 20 years. You know, and, uh, and another guy that you brought up his name is uh, is Sean Deep. And yeah, he's fantastic. You and I both have a lot of respect for the way Sean Deep plays. I do. I know we both think he's one of the best. Um, I, he might be because he had, the best all around every game tournament player in the world. All if you count every game. He, I matter of fact I think he is. A lot of people say that uh Steven Chidwick is, uh and maybe he is, but um Sean Deeb really has the results to back it up. So listen Well Sean Deeb won player of the year last year and he's in contention. He's going for it year. again and that's why um uh He's like, right there again. So that last week I had incredible. last week I had him on my podcast. So you know it's, uh, I, I think so. You and I are both believers in Sean Deeb, you know, and you like to dispense with the word of worst ever. I see someone zero hours a day. I see someone mm-hmm. sixteen hours a day. You're in that mindset where I'm a little bit more realistic sometimes. So I don't know, you know, the best. No, but that, we don't know in it the is. world. But if you talk around all around all around player. Yeah. It, I don't think many people would say he's outside the top five. No, no, Every, uh, everybody says there too. Yeah. Um, you know, no. I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, Chidwick's a great player as well. He, he just he didn't have he did win a bracelet this year. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't around to show all of his talent. Right. Um, you know, I know that you and I also believe Volpe's one of them. Absolutely. If you just look at Daniel's list, you right. know, Volpe is now number one in points. I'm number two. Mm-hmm. Uh up there. Sean Deeb is pretty amazing. Yo, no, I agree. And I thought I didn't think he played 08 that well, but we were both very deep. I think it was the 10K 08 uh, where I, I got uh, they got 17th or 15th, whichever it was, and he ended up getting like fifth or sixth, I think. And I told him, I said I was pretty impressed. I said I I liked the way he played. I didn't realize that he had. That he had the patience to make a lot of big folds, and I really liked the way he played. I was, I told him. So I'm a big believer in Sean Deeb. I'm a big believer in Daniel. Uh, I'm a believer in in Volpe. You know, I think you've hit it yep. on the head. And I, um, I, 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 you know, I, I tell it like it is. If I, I give people credit for where where credits due now. We've talked a lot about the fact that one of my biggest problems in No Limit for many years is I gave too many people way too much credit. And now that I've been playing No Limit again and I'm out of pain, uh, I... Well, you said, you know, I said it jokingly, but also pretty half serious. You're an extremist. So you're like, everybody's better than me at No Limit. And I'm laughing at you. Right. And Daniel's telling me, oh, these people are better than me at No Limit. And I'm Mm -hmm. laughing at him. I'm like, are you guys insane? Yeah. What, what What are you missing? And then Daniel's following whatever latest strategy guru is out there. This guy yeah. knows what he's doing, Phil. Yeah. If you're not following, you're dead. And I'm just cashing, 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 winning bracelets, oh, yeah. and he's not doing anything. And then he switches to the next guru. Well, he, did, he did, he did get two seconds this year, uh, including the 100K, no limit. and uh, No, 
I know that, but I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying, Mike. What yeah. I'm saying is, when he was following these gurus, mm-hmm. okay, there were people I've never heard of in 08 and 09 and 10 right. and 11 and 12 and 13, and they've never been heard from again. Right. So I don't even know their names. These guys he was following. Now Daniel started following himself, mm-hmm. and he had a phenomenal World Series of Poker, two seconds and a third. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for Daniel, but I've always known that Daniel's a great player. Mm-hmm. And I've always known that you're a great player. You guys have at times underestimated yourselves and your own abilities because you've had a, a little cold streak in No Limit, right. or maybe someone just got really hot a couple tournaments, and then you didn't, and then, you know, and you're like, this guy's great. And then I'm like, wow, he didn't win anything for 10 years. What are you talking about? Well, one of, well, you know? one of the bigger, biggest things that was, was after <clears throat> the ultimate bet scandal, uh, when they were able to see my cards, I, for many years, I, it took me many, to be able to have the ability to pull the trigger. Now that doesn't mean I'm, I'm out there splashing and playing crazy. I just, you know, you still got to play solid, but now with my confidence back, being out of pain, I find myself pulling the trigger a lot more. Like I'm going to guess, Mike, I'm going to guess that the best No Limit Hold'em tournament you've played in the last 10 years was the main event. This year? Because yeah. you know how to play super tight. You already know that's a, a huge gear that you need yeah. to have, but you were also pulling the trigger. You I were was, telling me. Yeah, I was pulling you the trigger. You weren't afraid to pull the trigger. You didn't come to me and mm-hmm. say, Phil, I need to pull the trigger more. You knew that super tight was a big thing, but you also knew, wow, I'm better than well, 95% of these, 99% of these players, and I should be able to pick up a few chips here and there. Right, and like we could, like we could go back to um, the turbo that you got fifth in, and I got, I finished thirtieth, uh, and I, I haven't told this to anybody online or on the air, but I could, I might as well tell it now, is because I was pain free the World Series, and I hadn't completely weaned off my pain pills yet which i'm now working on doing after the now the world series is over um there was times that i was due for my pain pill like six hours earlier but i was in no pain but my body started to shut down and i didn't know why i'm like and i was like flipping out and uh i got moved to your table uh right in the last hour of the night and uh, you and Jonathan Little calmed me down. I realized I'm I not, calmed you down. Yeah. And I re- calmed you down. Yeah. Mike, there's too many times where you and I and Cantu have played together mm-hmm. where we're just we're teasing each other, and people love it. Yeah. It's the greatest television ever, us coming after each other, but we're doing it in Antonio's private game. Mm-hmm. We're coming after each other pretty hard. And I just said, you know what? I've had enough mm-hmm. of this. I mean, it just so happens that I hang out with Mikey and I hang out with Cantu a lot, and I want more positivity. Right. And so when you came to my table, I knew that if we both started going negative, it would be bad for both of us. And, and so I right away went positive on you and stayed positive on you the whole time. Even when you made fun of yourself, I right. wouldn't let you do it. And I think that was really good for you. Well, you that and the of, fact that know, I, re- I, I realized I didn't take my pill. And once I took it, I felt great. And what we talk about pulling the trigger is uh, when uh, we could talk about the hand uh, late in the day when David Baker raised my blind every time. And I, I defended and it, with 7-5 off and it came king, king, three. And I checked and he bet and I just felt weakness and I just 
shipped it and he fucking snap folded it. And I show him the 7.5 off because it was like five minutes ago in the night. And he was going crazy talking about, oh, you tried to blow all your chips. You tried to make a Madison blow up, blah, 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 blah. No, I saw things that I see just like when you play and when you see something and you attack it. And that was the problem with me for many years is not pulling that trigger when I see it. And I pulled that trigger. You pulled the trigger beautifully there. The only difference between you and I Mm -hmm. there's probably 20 minutes to go left in the day i would never have shown it right i would have done it again later (laughs) (laughs) once you show it you're shutting it you're shutting yourself down a little bit but you're also getting yourself some action later as well the mouthpiece i hope you enjoyed uh, part one of our episode 15 with yours truly mr phil hummuth stay tuned tomorrow for part two of episode 15 of the mouthpiece. Have a great night. The mouthpiece.